The California Supreme Court punts on the CalPERS pension rules. What to do about student debt? These ideas are brewing in the California legislature. And Bryce Harper decides not to sign in California, citing California taxes as one of the reasons. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere and let's talk some California politics. Putting on my blast. The new website is launched. It's true. It's great. It's looking good. It's pretty cool because we, we share a lot of stories and articles and sources and sites, and now we have an actual place to post it all. Yeah. Links and yeah, it's we're great. not just all making it up. And there's Gavin Newsom and his all his glory. Yeah, so I mean, you can follow along and actually see the the stories we're finding. It's true, know. and we're not a California uh, school textbook, but you may see his mug on our website. That's <laughs> actually the uh, the featured image for one of our last episodes. Man, it's great. It lets you. It reminds you. That we're living in a soft dictatorship around here. And guess who's our dictator? <laughs> well, Mr. Gavin Newsom. Yeah. You're starting to see, I think, uh, how much more liberal he is He is than uh, Jerry Brown. Uh, absolutely. Um, even the, 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 the bullet train move alone, right? Right. Um, canceled it, eh, backpedaled. Backpedaled a little bit. You saw him try to make a decision for himself. Right. Right. And then by the next day, he was changing his tune when people started talking to him. Well, it's part of the Green New Deal. And right? we got to get rid of those planes. We got to get onto that train. But it's kind of expensive, you know, just a little bit. Right. Right. And you're starting to see kind of the, I think the Democrats start eating their own as we gear into that's, debate season. That's what's becoming really interesting. And actually, you're also seeing at least. Boy, some of this stuff, it's its hard to tell what's true, what's not, but you can only read it for face value. It's like Bloomberg. You got guys who it, it, you can almost square how they could be the Trump competitor, but they're even saying, look, I'm not even sure I can get through the craziness that's going to be this primary season for the Dems. So I would have a shot if I could end up on the other side winning the primaries. Right. But, but even with the but you're billionaire. Looking, but you're looking at it all and you're going, okay. Look what's happening right now. They're, they're they just voted for to condemn the bigotry that's been going on within the Democrat Party, and they're choosing sides. You yeah. got the young, super lefty greenies who are fighting the I'm sorry to say progressive, moderate Democrats establishment. But yeah, and you've got this real. I was going to swear there, but uh, you got a real. Uh, festival of feces over there and you're really going to see uh, a festival a lot. of feces that's not right. bad you're going to really see this happen that, a that's lot an image right and there. you got uh you're going to have joe biden going to come into the mix i didn't think he was going to jump in but apparently he will and you're gonna, it's going to make it even worse and they're still fighting each other and Which he's going to be completely different than a lot of these candidates like that is quite the dichotomy joe is you mean yeah oh totally yeah but the, there was a recent poll that said they don't want another old white man over 70 being their representative as the party. Uncle Joe? Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. And you know, there's going to be a line that's going to be crossed. And what it's really going to be is some one of the young bucks that are out there, the new greenies, they're going to say, hey, creepy Uncle Joe, tell us all about the children. 
or were any children paid out through that secret slush fund that the federal government established? Well, I think what you're also going to find, especially in light of the Me Too movement, is all the creepy Uncle Joe photos. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're going to see a whole lot of that. There's going to be uh, uh, lines crossed. Everybody's going to be at their, at their throat. And then a savior will come in the name of Hillary That's, Clinton. Okay. No, no, no. You, you went but right there. But she's already said she's out, But right? th- this is the question. You went right there. This oh, is what I'm thinking. I have heard even Dennis Miller has, has pushed the theory this is all a setup for when the infighting starts. They get they they start tearing each other apart. No one is emerging. She kind of comes in stage right, and she says, "I'm the candidate you can trust." All it, that all the Mueller stuff will be done by that time she makes that decision. Exactly. Okay, it'll be done. It'll be water under the bridge, like it always is with Democrats. So my question is, does do you think she runs? Do you think Louie Bobby? Obviously, I do. Yeah. At the I, end of the day, I don't think she does. I don't know if she comes back for a third time to be humiliated. I've I've come on that side of it. Because risk- I, I I do believe there there's this whole they're too self absorbed to realize that they won't win. They they think, well, why wouldn't you vote for me? Like I feel like right. they approach it from that angle. Right. I also think there's the we let you have the Trump experiment. You all realized how you effed up. So now, now I'm going to win because, you know, you've said, you with, found the error of your you ways. You found the error of your ways. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they, they continue to ignore how much of the country actually does support Trump. But then part of me also has this, uh, why would you set yourself up for that for a I third know. time, but, right? But they have been doing this whole, we need to unite no matter what to beat Trump. Whatever the issues but we they had won't. before. They won't. They're so self-absorbed that, that they're not going to unite. Well, that's why Hillary makes such a, my theory of Hillary makes such perfect sense, that she will come in at the end or close to whatever the end you consider it being. Oh, it'll be the end. <laughs> I feel like the party eats her alive if she does. I feel like the party's given up on her a little bit. No respect. Yeah. You, get yeah. a, you get a lack of res- a sense of a lack of respect. I think but now. she lost her power by not winning. But, yeah. you, can see, yeah. but you can see the game plan here is to completely destroy any of the candidates who support, who openly support the new green deal. You know, and they're super lefty and they want to be total communist. Wait, wait, say that again. They're, yeah. The those Bernie Sanders. Su- okay. The Bernie Sanders yeah. uh, block of candidates. Yeah. They're, that's their game plan right now. Get rid of him and anybody who's like him. You can see it with AOC. They're, they're pushing that whole she's funneling money through her pack. Thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You start finding all these little holes now that are coming out. And they're starting to push the all mafia these. mentality. Exactly. They're pushing off the new kids because they're not playing ball. Right. They're not playing ball. They, they haven't they paid their dues. Learn. Yeah. They, they need paid. to learn. Yeah. And she, uh, Hillary Clinton had a, had a secret meeting with Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Cory Booker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When, when, when was this? A couple weeks ago. Oh, boy. Is this... Are you, are you dropping a bombshell? I, I am. Or is this public the, knowledge? No, it, it is public knowledge. You can look it up on the internet. She did have a meeting. But what the details of the meeting, of course, is secret. But they did have so a meeting. So it was like a Phoenix months. tarmac, two planes come together kind of meeting. Yeah. So all of a sudden it goes away. My guess is that Hillary Clinton offered Cory Booker and Kamala Harris the head of their, their regional uh, mafias. The California and the New Jersey. So this is a meeting of the of the Dons. The meeting of, of the Dons. You really are f- 
sticking to this the actual framework of absolutely the mob, aren't you absolutely i will not that, give it up that is so funny why would they have a meeting like that i like it i mean it makes sense was the godfather theme playing in the background it when was they got together it was everybody hugged each other i didn't know it was <laughs> I, think it, I didn't know it was him they gave him the kiss yeah the cheek kiss oh, on the cheek oh my grandfather grandchildren's <laughs> souls but and then the other news kind of funny i mean most Trump tweets are, but his response to the fact that it sounds like the Dems are going to block Fox from doing any sort of debate coverage. Yeah. So I was reading that last night <laughs> Yeah, and and then now Trump is like, well, I'm not going to go on any of the MSM uh, during the general elections for debates. That's going to get tricky to not have this sitting president be a part of the debates. No, <laughs> they're, they're totally cool with it. They're totally cool with it. They're like, well, we'll just continue to bash him on the other side of it. I don't think they're cool with it. I, I, I know he gets a lot of ratings. He does, and he gets them a lot of money, right? But it kind of does play into the narrative of like, well, last time we gave him a whole bunch of free advertising. How about we not do that this time? But then he's just going to hold a simultaneous rally that they're going to want to cover because <laughs> it's going to be off the charts ratings. Right? I yeah. mean, no, that's I, what I do. That that's why I just don't see I don't see uh I don't see any of it actually going through and panning out that way. You mean you don't you don't see them successfully blocking Fox from covering any of the Dem debates? I, yeah. You might be right. Cuz I I don't think they would lose I don't think they'd want to lose all that coverage. Yeah. Like they they're not going to not want to carry any of the but then you might also have the other side say, well, then we're not going to go on anything on Fox, right? <laughs> the whole thing ends up imploding. <laughs> right. I think it was Everything more, on Univision. Right. Well, and speaking of kind of censoring, I, I don't know if you guys caught uh, Jack Dorsey on oh. Joe Rogan. Well, you mean Jack Dorsey and his lawyer. Right. He lawyered up before right. he got onto the podcast. I, I thought that was interesting and super oh, telling. that guy I mean, hammered him. Yeah. It, Tim Pool? Yeah, or, Tim Pool. Yeah. Um, who's... Left of the aisle. Oh, oh right. right. But but he's just looking at it from a journalist logically. And, like, yeah, and I thought he did a great job. I thought Joe Rogan actually let them off a little soft, and it was right. nice that Tim right. kind of hammered him and wouldn't give up. J- Jack Dorsey was such a weenie oh, on the whole thing. They were both weenies, and just total <laughs> lawyer speak. Total weenies. I didn't watch it. Oh, he's uh, flat out asking them, do you guys censor things? You know, And they do. They yeah. totally do. And, they, and, and so many times the answer had to come back to, yeah, no, I know. I could see how that looks bad, but right. <laughs> they were like, well. Right. <laughs> they were just doing total lawyer speak in circles. Right. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, I'll, I'll give them the free plug. I thought it was a good it was insight good. into what Twitter's become. I think it's we're in the 13th year of Twitter. And The one takeaway I really got, I never had heard this before, but he, Dorsey, I think, said it himself. You know, it, when you look back on it, all the journalists in the 2016 coverage um, what was it like? L- liberal journalists were only group uh, friending and group and text or messaging and and following other liberal journalists, right? And conservative journalists were following all journalists, exactly. And because they can obviously watch those and see those trends. Well, well, and and they've they've discovered that Twitter's got this. And Dorsey's even said it, where you get this echo chamber because you're only seeing and following people that agree with you. Yeah, and then you don't see. But they curate the timeline like that. I mean, to use Facebook speak, 
Like they're showing you things that you like, yeah. like things you follow. They're accelerating that echo right. chamber creation. Exactly. Do you think then, because of all this, we're probably still a ways away, but do you think this stuff exists? It's the go-to platform in five, 10 years still? I think five, Boy. 10 years, we're talking about something else. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think that's right. I think a lot of people are starting to wean out of Twitter. You know, I, Facebook too, you see the number Facebook of unsubscribe or um, people logging off or whatever you want to call it. I think a lot of people are over it. I, I, Twitter's toxic. I mean, it's it is super toxic. When you actually get in and you start reading tweets and retweets on, really, see, I don't. Yeah, it's it it's really easy to get drugged down into this. Mm. You know, you're hiding behind a keyboard, yeah, and you're bashing somebody. Easy, and you look at just everything Trump tweets, even neutral stuff, and the amount of just toxic replies the guy gets is awful. But wow. let's dive into our first topic. All right. This one comes out of the Mercury News up in San Jose. The Supreme Court ruled uh, a few days ago on some pension on some uh, pension stuff. So uh, in much anticipated ruling, the California Supreme Court on Monday upheld former Governor Jerry Brown's elimination of a costly pension perk for state and local government employees. But the high court punted on the core question of whether the state's unaffordable and excessively generous retirement compensation plans can be altered. So... What the court basically ruled on was public employees on their pension, they can buy years of service. Right. Ah, uh, yes. This right. is uh, this is what's called the California rule, but many other states have a similar Well, no, well, the that's Cal- not the California oh, rule. Right. This was this was the thing they actually ruled on. Oh, they, right. But they punted on the California right. rule. Right. That's right. The California rule says that whatever pension was available at your higher date is what you get into per- until you until pass you, away yeah. in right. perpetuity. Until yeah. you yeah, in perpetuity. So what they punted on was they said the ability to, say, buy back service credits. So let's say you can retire with 30 years of service and you're in your 25th year and you want to retire. You can actually pay cash to buy years of service. And originally that money was designed to offset the years you weren't working and contributing. So let's say the five-year balance between year 25 and year 30, you could actually pay cash that would offset what you didn't contribute during those years. Yeah, that seemed like a big chunk of cash, yeah. but anyways. Right. And, and I know people that have done it, and it really? is a big chunk of cash. Yeah. Um, you can also use sick time that you haven't burned. You can use that to buy you, years of credit because you haven't used it. You're in, in the financial world, you're basically buying an annuity at that right. point. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're putting down cash to buy a guaranteed stream of return in retirement. Exactly. Right. And that's a good way to look at it. And it's a really big stream of, oh, of course. revenue that's why, because it's for the rest of your life. That's why the cash you put down yeah. should be pretty hefty or should, right. they should require a pretty hefty amount. And, and I think what's interesting is that this was predicated on the fact that had investments gone the way they predicted years <laughs> right. ago, then it worked out because uh, that money's right. being invested, right? So it's not like a one-for-one basis. Had they earned what they assumed on their little Excel sheet... And done right. a goal seek on to find out the number. Exactly. It would have been roses. And now the big problem with PERS, and we've talked about this, is that they haven't received the investment returns that they once did. So th- there's the aspect that there's pension spiking and all that. The PEPRA, the public employee's pension, re- uh, uh, the public employee uh, pension reform act. Oh, yeah. I think it was 2012. Yes. Started, yes, started eliminating a lot of, that's where Brown kind of bifurcated it, right? And said, okay, right. new hires. Right. Percentages yeah. came yeah. down. They actually, yeah. there was tears to it. So uh, they started weaning it down. More yeah. years of service, less percentage for each year. And mm-hmm. then it, it got off, you know, it kind of weaned down from it. 
But um, part of it is, is all these things being equal, they weren't getting anywhere close to the return that all this was predicated on. Yeah. And we talked about in a previous episode, they were st- typical California fashion. They were steering away from investments <laughs> that okay. weren't politically correct, right? So uh, correct uh, uh, oil, uh, oil, gun, uh, tobacco, program, yeah, gun companies, things like that. When as a shareholder, uh, <laughs> you should be getting me the best return possible. I mean that that is your fiduciary That's responsibility. Exactly. They have a. Right. They are ultimately liable for giving these people the money that they've agreed to. And so in or, that should be your main charge. And so doing things like that, you could make an argument are, um, yeah, falling short of that. You're derelict or you're being, de- uh, yeah, derelict by doing that. Well, right. You know, CalPERS used to be 100% funded, uh, pension plan way back in the nineties. Right. And right now it's somewhere around 67, 70 ish percent depending on what the next yeah. statement comes out as. That's right. It's not looking good. This is kind of terrible. And I've I know always, a lot of people are relying on this system. Right. And, and I I have a PERS retirement, right? I'm vested sure. into the system. Sure. So um, I do have a vested interest in it, and I do have a bias on it. But I also think that there's part of me that wonders if the people in charge or the our, our legislators want it to implode. It's a good question. Because that is the way out, is to just have the thing go... Then you can officially PK. renegotiate like a bankruptcy. Right. And then just say, well, sorry, too bad. You know, that's what it is. Do we have a magic wand on this, Louis? What are you thinking? Um, I, I think there's been a lot of bad choices made along the way. I think, uh, but back in the nineties when the market was booming, there was like a seven, eight year period where cities, the municipalities didn't have to contribute their share because of how booming the market was. But also in the two thousands, they lost like a hundred billion dollars in, in bad investments. Bad investments. They're, they're, they're getting like seven, eight points under where they need to be. Right. Oh yeah. They need like 11 point return now they do right and they're they, getting like a three percent return or two percent yeah. and that's not going to cut it um people are living too long you that's know, that well, darn it it's it's the social security problem oh. but now i mean but in caliper i mean it makes sense you have a large enough pool of people that you're bound to see the same sorts of issues and problems occur here's an interest so the ones who get the biggest percent is safety Cops and fire. Okay. Get mm-hmm. the biggest. Safety okay. gets a, a higher percentage than everyone else because of the hazards associated. Okay. So safety's always got its own pool. The average, we'll take a firefighter. Back in the day, the average life of a firefighter after retirement was like five years, and then you died of cancer or heart disease. Got it. But as we got more diligent about, you know, wearing suits, breathing masks, bottles, suits, yeah. masks, all that, now you're retiring at, you know, 50, or, you know, if you're under Pepper, 55, or 57, somewhere in there. You're living till your 80s or 90s, you know, uh, and you're getting your pension for 30 years. Right. So uh, back when you died by 55, (laughs) it wasn't such an issue, as (laughs) as sad as that sounds. No, but even Social Security, right? Right. It was designed so that the the starting age of Social Security was later than the mortality, than the average date of death. Right. It Uh, sounded great, but your chances of actually capitalizing on it. Yeah, of course, for the listeners, it's an actuary thing. 
trying to figure out how long a human being will actually right. live. And you're using statistics, but well, but that's the we're thing. All is, snowflakes. We're all individuals, right? But right. you can go to these websites, including Social Security, and you can see the trends over the last fifty, sixty years. The the mortality rates and the ages, the the fiftieth percentile of people passing away is just creeping up. I mean, it makes sense. It's great. It's modern medicine. Right. And one thing I wanted to spell, because this gets blown out of portion all the time, and I think with safety it happens more than anybody because it's one of the few public positions where there's overtime available. Oh, yeah. Okay. Your pension is not reflective of overtime. It's based on your base pay. You've talked... Yeah. This is good. Explain. You've talked about this, but because I I know I in the past have made this... Yeah. So, I mean, I think firefighters in particular get laid out a lot because they'll be like, oh, look at this firefighter. He made $200,000 last year and he's a public servant. A, they don't realize how much overtime you would have had to accrue to get that, right? You're right. you're working 24-hour shifts. To which everyone is offered to right. do overtime. Right. So that spot's available whether you want to work it or not. So if I put in 1,000 hours of overtime, right. it's either 1,000 hours to one person or it's 500 hours to two people right. or 250 to it's four It's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen, right? Okay. And it's usually a result of Municipality is not filling the full time position because the yeah. dirty secret is right. it's cheaper to pay someone overtime than to hire a full time employee, right? Because that, there's no benefit yeah. package. Exactly, that's the same in the corporate yeah. world, right? If right. I've got to give them health care, if I've got to give them, um, you know, medical, all this, uh, all this stuff, right? So the municipality gets to say, "Hey, man, look at all these people making a ton of money." It's not, you know, it's it's an overtime problem, but then you say, "Okay, well, the overtime exists." Because we need to staff right. a specific amount of people to be safe, and that's twenty four seven. And so, if that spot's not filled by a full time employee, somebody's got to pick it up as overtime. It also doesn't account for our wildland fires, mm-hmm. right? So, crews right. leave on fires. Crews need to backfill at home, and then those departments are reimbursed by the state or the feds. Now, this also differs because I know in the past, and we've talked about this, where this kind of gets brought together where it shouldn't is then when we talk about retirement and we talk about how much someone's going to get in retirement, there's always the conversation of, well, they just did a bunch of overtime or spent a bunch of vacation or something in the last year or two to now get a whole bunch more money into perpetuity. Right. So normally your your pension is going to be based on a percentage of, it depends on your plan or your program, but it's usually somewhere between your last three years, they'll average together. And they'll come up with, that's the percentage you get. Now, the old system for safety was 3 at 50. That was the big, all the people way older than me get 3 at 50. So they get 3% for each year of service. Okay. So, and they max out at 90%. So if they work 30 years and they get to retire at 50, so, but you could work and get your full 30 years. 25 to 55, let's say. Right. You get 3% for each year of service. So if you work 30 years, you'd get 90% of your last three years averaged out. That would be your pension. Now, if you um, if you worked a ton of overtime, it doesn't matter, right? So if, if your base salary was a hundred grand, we'll just say your last three years you got a hundred grand, hundred grand, hundred grand, right, right, right. But you were, you know, you actually made two hundred grand because right. of all the overtime. Right. It's based off the average of a hundred grand. Okay, and this was the right. This was the misconception I had because we're the you story, can't spike it. But the really. stories you hear where that <clears throat> spiked, you said are government jobs where they have created a new position for right. you for the last three years. It's typically, so here, mm-hmm. and, and again, I'm totally biased on this, but when I see a firefighter made 200 grand, yeah, that dude lived at the station for 20 days of a 30 day month, at least. And at 24 hour shifts, I get you're it. talking about 400 and I get it. 80 hours or yeah. something ridiculous. Right. And so you think about it, but 
he he worked three full time forty hour weeks of jobs. I got it to make it. You know, um, versus the person that works Monday through Friday off holidays and sits at City Hall. And yeah, that's where I was going to go into it. That's, that's a whole different. That's and, just their base pay. And then in the last three years, they get a new job position that instead of a manager three, they're now a manager four, right. which has fifty percent higher pay. Right. For the last three years, tada, bigger pension. Or I'm city manager. I'm about to retire. Say, hey, John, want to be city manager? And then you take over my position. Now you spiked your pension. You know, you went from yeah some clerk position, right, making a hundred, maybe eighty grand right. a year, and now you're making one eighty. And you do that for three, but a bing, right? And uh, and you didn't follow the progression of working your way up through the years, <laughs> right. And gradually paying more into the system because the other side too is I put an awful lot of my own money into the pension, right? So a lot right. of money comes out of my check, and the employer pays money, right? So. That's designed to over that thirty year career, you had been gradually paying more as you promoted. But when you spike out at three years, now you're you're ruining your average and you didn't pay into it that long to balance it. So then real quick to loop it back to the California rule, right? They keep avoiding this part. Yes. What what, what do you think's the the deal? Do they need to uh sever ties the, to to or do do they need to no longer treated as untouchable. It's a it's a vicious circle that we're doing dealing with is that we got union employees who are dealing with the people that they elected to best serve them. So they're unable to just say, hey, you know, this program is really expensive. It's going to bankrupt our state and we won't be able to pay you what we promised you. It's a hard pill to swallow. And if I had the magic wand, yeah. I would start saying, hey, you know, I mean, we're starting to do this in the 2012, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting people on a different plan. But realistically, we should have never put the entire, um, the entirety right. of the workers right. onto a, a pension plan. Right. Yes, good for um, for firefighters and emergency services and what have you, because they deserve it. But like you said, Louis, the city clerk, mm, the, the, they didn't do anything super special that deserved a pension for the rest of their life at whatever percentage that they're getting, even if it's modest. I I think the hard argument is that, and this is where the California rule, I think gets its leverage is for the most part, you're supposed to not make a ton in public work. Right. And so it's a perk to have a pension. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And people say, well, I wouldn't have worked here for the last 30 years. If I, what, this is what drew me to the job instead of the, private sector mm-hmm. i also get the balance of you know public sector employees shouldn't be making a ton of money but the problem is public sector does have to compete right i talk about this with people all the time is that the public sector has to compete with the private sector and and you're using taxpayer money so that's the tricky part it's kind of the same problem public schools have with recruiting coaches yeah yeah right even though cal pays like the most money in the world to their coaches but that five million to get a pick up a basketball coach is coming out of taxpayer money versus USC, where that's all boosters and private money, and they can spend whatever money they want yeah, on it, yeah. right? And the public sector has that too. How, firefighting, police officer work—that's unique because it's always going to be a public sector job. But finance stuff, GIS, um, a lot of the other cities that you or the other departments you need at a city. Those people can go make way more money in the private sector. Right. So how do you draw them in for 30 years? And that's where I feel like you're kind of saying you're, you're 
breaking, not breaking the rules, but you're, you're bending it in a way that's just not going to work long term is if you're going to compete on the hourly or salary side and also offer something that the private sector certainly isn't offering anymore because right. they found out in the 80s uh, yeah, that's not going to work. So they got to put the risk onto the employee to save in the employee's 401k rather than a pension. Right. So the private sector did that a long time ago. So now they're coming at it saying, we're going to pay you what the private sector pays you. And we're going to offer you a retirement plan that the private sector won't offer you because they know that that's dumb to offer that to you. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, that I doesn't, mean, that's not going to work long exactly. term. What's the incentive base? You're like, what right. is it? You know, what's the difference between a public and a government uh, employment? What is it? What's Risk the, reduction. Yeah. Well, and I think too, in the case of PERS, they can offer a greater risk share than most private companies because of how many yes, participants the they have in the program. The pool of workers. You're right. talking about all state employees and right. probably the majority of local and county employees have yep. vested into PERS. Now, there's a, lo- a lot of counties, or like the city of LA, the county of LA, they have their own self-funded pension programs. And then some places, I think like San Diego and San Jose, they've gone to 401k systems. Sure. Um, but, and you know, the, the issue comes down to the unfunded liability part. These cities are incurring millions yeah. now um, that they can't afford. And then they're going bankrupt in the case of like your Stockton's and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. So then what do you do when you can't pay the note? Isn't PERS, PERS now is like 300, 300 billion unfunded or more well, than that? It, 500, yeah, I don't like know. That. Well, well, that's what Gavin Newsom's doing. He's paying, you know, uh, teachers, unions, yep. pensions plans right now. He's yep. just L.A., Oakland, here, right. stop complaining. Right. Stop, go back to work. Here, right. Here's more money into the kitty, you know. And so, so I, don't, I don't know what the answer is. I th- most, you know, I don't think, again, I'm biased, but you get a lot of, you need to get rid of the pensions. And I get that, okay. But, but you are talking about the retirement of people. You, you, you I, can't, look, you can't flip a switch. And I think right. most people, just like with Social Security, most people our age understand, look, this, you're just not going to wake up one day and go, whoop, that's gone, new system. But just show me that we're transitioning to And something. I should say, though, most people with a public pension don't get Social Security. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's fair. So, so there is that part, too. That's like, fair. it is all you really got. You have your deferred compensation that you can put your more money into. That's, to, that's more of a 401k kind of thing. You're putting your own money into that. There's really no matching. And then you've got your pension, and that's you know, whatever private investments you do. But Just show a transition of some kind away from... Well, when ultimate we, ruin. Ultimately, when we do go bankrupt, right? They'll, they'll flip that switch just like you want it. We'll see. Speaking of more debt, more debt, yay! Man, we're just this whole episode's about money and debt for the most part. Bring that register. There it is. Adding more. This one comes from our friends at the Sacramento Bee. What to do about student debt? These ideas are brewing in the California legislature. You were about to hear some genius ideas. I just want to. I just want to give a heads up to the listening audience. Yeah. You're going to want to really pay attention. These take the mental giants came up with these. I didn't know my degree in basket weaving wouldn't pay off. The average California college graduate has more than twenty thousand dollars in loan debt. That's on the low end of the national numbers. About one point five trillion dollars of student loan debt now hangs over the heads of millennials. In the United States. And studies show they are, not surprisingly, drowning in attempts to make their monthly payments without going broke in the process. Uh, there's tons of websites and blogs that advise students on how and tips and tricks and penny pinching strategies to save a few dollars for shoveling into the always burning student loan furnace. Classic. Um, so 
I'm going to go through. There is, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Mm. Yeah, there's five pieces of legislation that are being proposed uh, for student loan debt reform. So stopping for-profit colleges, widespread misconduct, and fraud. A group of seven Assembly Democrats are carrying a package of bills that fiercely regulate the widespread misconduct and fraud of the financial and marketing strategies that for-profit colleges use to enroll students in programs that often leave them drowning in debt and unemployed. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Just to make sure I understand, there's a group of Democrats that want to regulate something? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. I'm just wrapping my head around that, but keep going. So compared to public and nonprofit colleges, for-profit colleges have had a higher dropout rate, student loan levels, and low default levels. Uh, says David Chu of San Francisco. Students come first, not shareholders. Ooh, that's, that, that's, that's, a good, hey, hey. that's a good slogan. Yeah. That, that's going to ring real well with you a should, lot of Dems. You should run for president on that one. Um, so their legislation includes assisting students who lost money after their for-profit school closed, requiring higher ed- education institutions that enroll students online to comply with California's regulations and calling for oversight of schools that pose as nonprofits. So about 160,000 of California's 3 million students attended a for-profit college, um, which is a pretty pretty great number. And I, they always specify this. It includes vulnerable residents, such <laughs> as veterans, people of color. How, I'm a, dude, how awful you're is that? vulnerable. Low-income individuals and single parents. Attention. I would be, White is a color. I would Attention. be so offended if I was considered a vulnerable resident because I was a person of color. But you are. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> Dude. how is that not offensive? Pandering. Um, you're a person of color, Bobby. You're brown. Vulnerable. Vul- you're vulnerable. Give me money. <laughs> yeah, if you give me money, yeah. you, can, you can say I'm as vulnerable as you want. Yeah. So can we call out for, so when they talk about uh, for-profit colleges, we're talking about the ITT tax, the DeVries. Yeah, and you brought up this point, right? Like, this... I would agree. This has the chance of getting in the Wild West, right? Um, and it's because we've, we've talked about right. because there's the access to what it seemingly is a nearly unlimited pool of government dollars for education. So right. these for-profit schools have decided to tap into that. This is how the scam works. This is why you always see them on TV during daytime television. You never see like these advertisements for schools um, on... On during um, prime, prime time, time TV, yeah. right? It's always during the day. They're poaching on well, people. Geez, that, I wonder why. Because you're unemployed. Right. You're obviously watching daytime television. You ain't got nothing better to do. Exactly. So they poach on you, and then you go down there and you say, okay, I'm going to get educated. And the first thing they do is they sit down and they show you how to qualify for your FAFSA loan from the government. Mm-hmm. And they charge you a ridiculous amount of tuition. And you don't have that money, of course, because you're unemployed. You sit at home. But they're going to show you how to get that free, free California money. They know that your odds of finishing school are slim to none. Oh, interesting. Most of these people don't finish school, but they don't care. They just want you to get the money from FAFSA, who will then pay them, and then you'll default, and they don't care. They got your money. Why would the stats be any different than what we saw? Remember when we did the City College episode? Of course. And and, and I asked you guys to guess at the number of people who start City College and... F- Right. Finish city that college was, and or finish a four year degree. That and this, was shocking. And this number is going to be even lower than that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I, I am thinking about it at a tiered level, right? Uh, you are. I think. I bet you could draw a line or a correlation between the level of education 
you're at, say at the, we'll say at the collegiate level. Okay. And your ability to finish. Uh, yeah. Right. I think grad students, I bet you have a really high finish on that. Yeah. Bachelor's high or higher or, you know. Even by year in your bachelor's, like if you're a junior, good, right. Pretty good chance you're going to finish sophomore. eh. Right. So I think master's the greatest grad school, I should say, or, you know, PhD probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bachelor is even greater than your AAs, ASs, yes. yeah. and then yeah. these schools, bottom rung. So that's one of them. I, I agree. I actually agree with this piece of legislation. I think the for-profit stuff is just poaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they offer It's always non-transferable credits. Uh, I don't think you can take a lot of what you learn there anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you pay a gajillion dollars. And you, But <laughs> this is what we talked about kind of with uh, inmate reform. Right? Oh yes, your, your odds of going to jail greatly increase without education. And who's responsible right. for educating you right. in your younger years? The government failed at educating you. You got into trouble, and then you went to prison, where the government failed at rehabilitating you through education, and then you came back. <laughs> the only reason well, why these exist are because the government makes it so easy to get money to go to school. Right. 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 And now we're coming up with more regulation to stop the problem that was created. Obviously, if you could get the way of the magic wands and you turn that spigot off, that would probably solve a lot of the problem of the for-profit education systems. I'm not saying that wouldn't have other ramifications, but yeah, that's the reason they do what they do. Well, a lot of these for-profit places are usually trade schools. Totally. You know, drive a truck, uh, weld, uh, be a marine diver or something like that. You know. Yeah. There's a reason. And they have uh, on their surface, I think it's great. I think we need more trade schools. Yep, yep. But the problem is the government's enabled them to poach. Right. Yeah. Because they know your odds of finishing are, are slim and you got yeah. free money coming to you. So that's one of the pieces of ledge. Awesome. The next one is the income share agreement. Assemblyman Randy Vopel, uh, a Republican from Santee, introduced AB 154, which would set up a pilot program for students to enter into an income share agreement with a California State University system campus. These agreements would specify that monies for the pilot program would be provided to students for costs of attendance with students agreeing to pay a portion of their future income in exchange. The agreement would offer an alternative to a student taking on student loan debt to attend a school. So basically they can work. So I was reading the text of this bill. Yeah. And if you're not making $20,000 a year, you don't have to pay. Exactly. For at least, for at least like in your first five years or right. something. something. So like my that. thought was, it, it's exactly right. My thought was, well, I see where this is going. You're just going to take a five-year vacay right. so you don't make the 20 grand. <laughs> well, I was thinking uh, work under the table, but... Uh, Let oh, that too. Yeah. People figure this stuff out. They're here's, not dumb. And here's, here's the advice, folks. Listen to Jonathan's advice. Never judge a bill or a policy based on... What it's, it's, it, it's intentions. Right? It's intentions. <laughs> Judge it by what it actually does. The intentions, fantastic. I get it. And the SACB does yeah. a good job of churching it up, right? Because <laughs> right, right, that's right. all they've written about this program. But you, but you know what? I was, re- you know, I read the bill and I went, isn't this just indentured servitude with just more steps? Because you're just kind of saying like, I, uh, I promise to give you what I make out of it at the right. end. I don't know. I, it's a contract, right? You, you're not forced to enter the contract. 
I mean, I know maybe it may be too simplistic, but that's honestly how I think of it. Well, sure, like, you're you're going with the whole free market thing. Whoa, right? how but dare I? But we're <laughs> but we're talking about regulation here and Democrat proposals. I've never been real good at that, but we'll we'll keep going. Yeah, I mean, it's true though. I, I get that. You're the one choosing to go to college, right? Again, but again, if if it was their choice to begin with, then why are we talking about? These bailout systems. Well, because it all comes back to FAFSA. Right. FAFSA is the enabler. Correct. And FAFSA, you've mentioned it before. It's not a big secret. Because of these dollars involved in this system, it's why education costs inflate at the rate that they do. Because you can get what's seemingly free money. (laughs) Correct. And then they give the stupid 18-year-old the ability to choose how much of that loan you want. Like when I was going through grad school, I went to a Cal State. I think it cost me like... We'll say ten grand a semester. Okay. Or you know, no, cheaper than that. I think it was like six grand a okay. semester, twelve yeah. grand a year. But I got approved for like forty thousand dollars a year. Right. Right. And as a dumb kid, you're like, sweet. Time jackpot. for a boat. <laughs> so before you know it, like, okay, we'll say my two and a half years of grad school was like thirty grand. We'll just round okay. it. Okay. But I'd been approved for a hundred thousand dollars in loan money. Cha ching. <laughs> right. And now you're having to pay back all that money. Right. When you should have just taken out your tuition books and maybe a little bit to buy food and stuff on, right? If it was about making sensible financial decisions, we wouldn't have the problem we have but now. It, right. But it literally meets the classic definition, or Friedman's definition of what of inflation. It's too much money chasing too few goods and services, right? Schools aren't, public schools or a lot of these schools aren't coming online or are being made more available as right. quickly as more and more FAFSA dollars are just available. Oh, well, totally. So now you have all this money chasing seats to to be a student. Right. That's well, the only reason why college is a million dollars. Correct. Exactly. Next one, we'll shoot through these. Kickstart my future loan forgiveness program. Democrat Sabrina Cervantes from Riverside, AB 140, proposed a program that would pay 100% of a recent graduate's loan payments for 24 months if the individual meets certain criteria, including a less than $50,000 salary. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of $49,000 jobs offered. That's right. And who can survive off of that in this state? And you have to work here. Mm. So I get two years of loan forgiveness, basically. You have to have been a, a resident of the state and continue to work here for, for less than $50,000. Guess what? You ain't going to make it. Well, what incentive is there to get a job over 50 grand? Exactly. If I'm going to save more over two years. It's where these magic numbers for like tax brackets, these sorts of things literally just show up out of thin air. And so, okay, you've set the playing field. All people are just going to scramble around to set jobs at $49,940. Right. I mean, it's, it's stupid. Next one, eligibility for non-citizens. Current law restricts many immigrants, including asylum seekers, from qualifying for financial aid and federal tuition support. Senator Ben Allen, Democrat, Santa Monica, wants asylum applicants who have proof of employment and a social security number to have the chance to go to school. Let me let me finish, John. You're already <laughs> shaking your head. He's dying. To go to school with a Cal Grant award. His measure is SB 296. Hey, you know, we don't have enough money to go around. You know it would be a good use of that money? Give it to people who are not from this country. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. That's the basic sum up of that one. Um, There's a reason why we don't give it to them in the first place. Well, wait a minute. Current law restricts many immigrants. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's looking to turn it back. What a surprise. Student protections. 
Everything counts, including a price reduction of student parking permits and forbidding universities from withholding transcripts if a student fails to pay. I don't care what it is. You start throwing out on the words forbidding in bills. Well, that was always the thing, right? Are you kidding me? They couldn't always do a whole lot with your parking failing to pay your fees so they would hold your transcript hostage. Uh, Student loans, get rid of FAFSA. Yeah, and the costs I, come down, the market will dictate. Classic right? inflation. If you can't put butts in the seats in the classroom because your tuition's too high, supply and demand is going to dictate exactly. that you bring the cost down. And or more schools will and should come online to compete. compete. Right. Done. Easy. All right. This one, I'm a baseball fan, so I like this one. And this is... This is interesting. And again, these are the secondary tertiary effects that we don't think of when we want to tax the rich in this state. So Bryce Harper will save tens of millions in taxes by uh, spurning the Dodgers and Giants. This comes from the LA Times. So uh, Major League Baseball players, uh, actually, there were were a couple teams in contention for Bryce Harper. Uh, The Dodgers, the Giants and then ultimately the Philadelphia Phillies. So all these teams are offering a ton of money, and nobody really knows what the Dodgers disclosed. The Giants were offering um, just over $300 million, right. $312 million for 12 years, and the Phillies offered him $330 million for 13 years. He ultimately chose the Phillies, and one of the there's the whole he likes being, you know, in certain leagues and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm yeah, not a baseball sure. person. Yeah, sure. But then at the end of the day, when you look at how much he was going to get taxed in California versus Pennsylvania, it was quite different. So he was going to be, going to be getting taxed 13.3% in California or 3.07% in Pennsylvania. That's crazy. That's a 10% no, difference in tax. Exactly. Rumor mill was that the Dodgers were offering him what the equivalent of $45 million a year the loss. for four years. Right. Right. Yeah, and shorter they, contract. Well, shorter contract, but still, that's a lot of money, a whole bunch more money than the Phillies were offering, and they couldn't make it work because the taxes are so damn high. Right, and so here's here's an interesting thing, um, and this is kind of the same issue with um, musicians and okay. artists, right? Okay. You have to pay sales tax for each state that you have nexus in. That you perform in. Right. So there you know. so, uh Bryce Harper, let's say he comes and plays for the Dodgers. He's got to pay tax for every game he plays in California. So there's eighty-one half, right? Yeah. Eighty-one games. Well, more than that. Yeah. So eighty-one games at Dodger Stadium. But when you play in the NL West, you're uh, also playing the Padres course. and the Giants, yeah, of course, of course, which are like twenty plus more games yeah, in the state. Uh, versus even if you just play in the American League West and you play for the Angels or Oakland. That's really the only people you're playing in the state, your home games and then Oakland, but then you're leaving the state for everything else. Yeah, good point. So you're at specifically, okay, yes, he's going to pay more tax in California, but teams like the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers are specifically at a disadvantage because of they play each other and they're playing way more California games than anybody else. So it begs an interesting question. I mean, oh. if if you just... You're paying ten percent more tax, uh, and when you talk about three hundred million dollars, that equates to a whole money, a of money, I mean, yeah. money, tens of millions, yeah, money, right? You know, you really got to compare and contrast our 
income rate that we have compared to everybody else, every other state. The only other state that kind of comes close to us is Hawaii at 11%. And uh, mm-hmm. Oregon at 9.9%. What's New York? New York, interestingly enough, is 8.82%. But the city of New York yeah, see. has a 3.5% tax as well on top of it all. I know because my sister lives there and her taxes were a nightmare last year. But if I read it right, that was also in place for Bryce Harper in, in Philadelphia. If you live in the city... Which all he has to do is get a house outside the city. Oh, sure. I mean, <laughs> but if you live inside the city, you have an extra 2 3% or something like that. So, well, well for for the professional players, remember, it's wherever they um, live, they perform. Right. I mean, I'm sure these guys all have a big sprawling ranch in Wyoming or something like or that. Or Florida. They all live. Or wh- wherever, right? Wherever they officially claim their residency. And that's more important for their sponsorships. Right. But it's wherever you perform. Uh, your acts of uh, playing the ball entertainment game. yeah right and it's the same way for musicians who tour yeah. so if you do tours through all the states you're paying sales tax for all those states mm-hmm. um so here's kind of an interesting comparison manny machado who used to play for the dodgers now he plays for the padres going into this season he signed 10 years at 300 million <laughs> with the padres manny machado signed mm-hmm. 330 yep. with the phillies uh, no, Machado. Uh, the I'm Padres, sorry, uh, the Padres. Yeah, yeah Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Three thirty with the Phillies. Yep. So Machado three hundred yep. with the Pods, and then Harper right. three thirty with Phillies. They estimate that he's going to make fifty five million more playing than Machado, even though he's only being paid you know thirty million more more uh, right on on paper. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right? After the taxes come out. It's interesting, right? Because it goes back to in a, in a secondary way what we've talked about. What is it? 64,000, 65,000 households? Yeah. Um, 64,000. In, in California, pay... I'm sure it's less now, but... Right. By the day, it's less. Uh, pay majority of the income taxes. That's right, right, which is why we're in a crunch right now. And, and that right there, I understand one person, one player, one industry. Mm-hmm. But that right there is proof positive. They're actively making decisions. They are. To avoid being a being the next household I mean, uh, that, in that list. I was really looking at the income taxes for... Every other state, yeah. and most other states are not as high. well. Obviously, we're the highest, but they're not even getting close to our rate of of taxation. Most states are about five or six percent income tax, and that's on top of the federal rate. So we're right. we're really uh, hitting hard on the highest income earners around here. Well, and our the problem is our tax system relies too heavily on rich people's capital gains. Exactly. Um, so when we're doing great, we're doing great. And when we're doing bad, that tumbles the, apart. The market and real estate, when those things are really going upwards. Right. And people are tra- you know, doing transactions in those industries. Awesome. But you get an 0809, you get a dot .com, especially with our state's reliance on Silicon Valley. Oh, totally. You got a big problem. So the top 1% pay about 46% of the state income tax, and Boom. they only earn about 23% of the income. Boom. And it doesn't take a whole lot to get into the high bracket. All you need is 56000 a right. year, and you're paying 9.3%. And if you're married, it's doubled. Jeez. Doubled for couples. That's absurd. It's crazy. I mean, we talk about other taxes, like I have an LLC. I pay them just 800 bucks for the privilege of having right. an LLC. For the That's blessing it. of a California right. LLC. Plus all the normal income taxes. Of course. 
but then eight hundred bucks on top of it. When, but don't you like? Don't, isn't that the best check to write? Doesn't though? it work? Doesn't it work for you? Are you not satisfied? In a lot of states, it's free or like thirty bucks. Right, like, like that's New Mexico free. free. Right. Okay. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with the launching of the new website, we actually got a listener question. That's true, but um, well, I actually got a. So we're we doing tweets. We're we doing listener question. We gotta. We gotta work this. This new segment in. Well, John, do you have it that that letter? Um, let me see if I can. Um, Actually, I, I think I got it. it right here. Here we go. All right. Hey, um, I'll just I'll just list the the username of the email address to keep it. Um, I was say Ken. Kind of generic, but yeah, someone uh, Ken writes into us and asks, "Why don't you need to pass an eighth grade exit exam to get a California high school diploma?" All right, so here it comes the uh, the exam was actually suspended as part in 2015. Along, no one passed it. <laughs> well, that's the simple answer. The simple answer is that nobody was passing this thing, but back in 2015, they they canceled that exam as well as the uh, California, uh, the Cassie one, the the one for high school, the high school oh, exit yeah. exam. Yeah. So not only that, but also the California standards test, which is the eighth grade test, which is he's referring to. So the eighth grade test was a benchmark. And if you failed that test, it kind of gave your future teachers a good assessment of where you're failing and what they can do to bring you back up to that standard of passing the exam and pushing you forward and making sure you graduate mm. with an adequate education. Uh, the problem is, is that only one and a half percent of the individuals who were failing this test did any better at all. So their whole high school career was a so, complete waste of time, but because of the, of the fault of <laughs> the education system that we have here in California. Why does this sound like it has a lot of parallels to the uh, rehabilitation in the prison systems that we were talking about? It was almost right? I mean, it, the same percentage. Yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't this like the same thing, just a different name? Exactly. <laughs> so the the short answer was from the teachers union, and the reason why they got rid of that was because they said it didn't uh, go well with their new co- common core standards. <laughs> common core. But mm. the reality of it is, is that people weren't graduating at a high enough rate, which is a measurable uh, tool against, you know, the teachers' unions. Sure. So better rates of return for the teachers' union. But good times for all. It's right? all about the children. All about We're the children. Good. It's, it's kind of like how Venezuela had the starvation problem. Oh, that's right. We're just going to reclassify this. And then it disappeared because they made it illegal to mark that as a cause of death. So there you go. With the new website... And the advent of having the ability. It's cool. If you got questions or you got topic suggestions, head over to CaliStreaming.com, C A L I Streaming.com, or on our Facebook, submit to that. And we'll try to get those questions answered and researched or suggest a topic. We're always looking for topics. There's a ton of things. But with that, let's head into our tweets. I've got one from our beloved AOC. She says, on March 5th, the entire premise of a wall is not based in fact. Okay. It's based in a racist plus non-evidence-based trope that immigrants are dangerous. And she goes on with some other idiocy, but I have to stop right there. Bernie Sanders, we are the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. We should not have 30 million Americans without any health insurance. We should not have an economy in which tens of millions of workers earn starvation wages. 
starvation wages. <laughs> starvation. Exactly. Um, you need to leave America and see what starvation really is. <laughs> Bro. Uh, NPR Politics. They tweeted, House Democrats have introduced a resolution condemning anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim discrimination as, quote, hateful expression of intolerance that are contradictory to the values and aspirations that define the people of the United States. And that's uh, coming off of, what's her name's uh, comments, Omar's comments. Oh, man. Dude, what a dumpster fire that is. Okay. Kamala Harris, March 6th. Let's keep speaking out until every single infant is out of detention in Texas and elsewhere. This cannot be who we are as a country. I just want to make sure I understand this. One minute after birth, trash them. They can get killed. No problem. Yeah. If they're in a detention center, this is outrageous. Now we care. Now are you kidding care. me? From the king himself, James Woods, responding oh, to buddy. a story from Fox News. Amy Klobacher reportedly ordered a staffer to clean comb after she used it to eat salad. James Wood replies, she's done. Stick a comb in her. Oh, <laughs> love that guy. I got another Bernie one for you. Congratulations to Bobby Scott and every Democrat on the Education Labor Committee for passing legislation to raise the federal minimum wage from a starvation wage of seven twenty-five an hour to a living wage of 15 an hour. Well, would there have been a number in between those two where it would no longer have been a starvation wage? Maybe not a living wage, but kind of, you know, could it, what were these magic numbers? Ah, I'm still just weird. totally amazed by magic numbers. Adam Schiff, the statement by Paul Manafort's lawyer after an already lenient sentence, repeating the president's mantra of no collusion was no accident. It was a deliberate appeal for a pardon. One injustice must not follow another. Bad oh, guy, man. <laughs> What a loser. Is that, I think that's all we got, huh? Yeah, I think so. Wow. So much stuff going on. There's actually... it. One of the things I find challenging with tweets yeah. is they tend to, especially the crowd we're looking at, they tend to repeat and regurgitate all the same talking points. Get out of town. Yeah. They that's weird. Do that. It's almost like they it's just... It's explosive. It's a bombshell. <laughs> uh. That's another excellent week down. That is episode 39. Find us on our new website, calistreaming.com, C-A-L-I streaming.com. Submit topics and questions you might have. Hit us up on Facebook. And the website's going to probably be the best spot now, right? Because of oh, all yeah. the content you were talking about. Yeah. So each, ep- each episode's got its own show page yeah. um, where you can find all the articles we're referencing. You can also participate in discussion, ask questions, beat us up, talk about it. Start the discussion. Uh, also, still download us on Apple iTunes and Google Play. Bobby, what should they do? They should continue to tell their friends to download our app, our our podcast and and burn it all down. Have a great week. <laughs>